Hey, happy Thursday. Happy NFL Draft Thursday. And if you're a Braves fan, happy Ronald Acuna Jr. Day. He's making his return to the big league lineup today. A lot going on in sports, a lot going on in high school baseball. Welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Baseball Podcast, episode 61. I'm Dust McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And Drew, Sunday or excuse me, Monday ahead of our Tuesday podcast, it was the delayed flight that got me on the sleep. Yep. Last night, it was a moment where it reminded me I'm getting older. I mm-hmm. slept wrong at some point over the last few days and didn't really think anything of it. it it's happened to all of us a bunch before. Um, went to a game, no problem, drove back, didn't even like rode the Peloton yesterday, didn't even notice it get in bed in somewhere something about the muscles that like lift you up and move your neck oh man it was like a stabbing pain and i i like i tossed and turned and tried to figure out ways to sleep and if i sleep on my back i snore so i was kind of trying to not do that so my wife could be okay and Man, getting getting it's, old sucks. Like I used to make yeah. fun of the guys. You you'd see. I think Sammy Sosa missed multiple games one time because he slept wrong. And I read that headline years ago, and I'm like, oh, what? Come yeah. on! Like how how bad could it hurt? It hurts. It, it, it really does. hurts. It's just yeah. Like you hit the nail on the head. It's just getting old. Getting old is what it boils down to. Oh, it's it's brutal. So, uh, but we saw some games recently. Um, I actually went last night down to the San, San Antonio area. My first visit to go see uh, the Northeast Stadium, Northeast ISD, man, phenomenal facility. Oh, it's, yep. it's beautiful, brand new. Um, really, really enjoyed going down there and, and got a look at it. Is it, is it Brandeis? I always get this wrong. Yeah. Yes. Brandeis. Yeah. Got it right that time. Um, seeing Jalen Flores one last time, they were playing MacArthur down there in the San Antonio area. And I've never seen this before. First bat of the game. And, you know, with Jalen Flores, one of the last times I see him, cause they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, there was a pretty good amount of scouts there. Not as many as I expected, but there, there were probably a little bit more than 10 first pitch of the game. He gets hit in the back of like his back foot with a pitch. And yeah, we're all kind of rolling our eyes. Like you've got to be kidding me. Um, but he I, I messaged with him a little bit after the game he basically convinced the umpire that it hit his back because the <laughs> umpire somehow didn't see it and i posted the video on my twitter page um i don't know how the umpire didn't see this because it wasn't even close to the bat it was like the back leg or the foot uh but Jalen just said oh, from yeah. the video it's obvious yes it it's is extremely so obvious. obvious it's it's not even close um so Jalen, you know, is like, oh yeah, it was, it was, it was a foul ball. And a couple pitches later, he hits a line drive over the left field fence uh, for a solo homer. Uh, so I never seen that before, but that was an exciting moment. Uh, he ended up adding a hard single to that through the left side later in the game. But he walked. Was that? Was it protested by the other coach or the other team at all? Were they like, no, that definitely hit him? Not, <laughs> not really. Um, I bet they wish they had. There was kind of this brief pause where the umpire was just kind of, he wasn't, maybe he was confu- confused, but he just couldn't process what was happening. It was just long pause. And it was like, okay, yeah, foul ball. And, uh, and everybody, I think everybody's just kind of taking it back. So if you're the opposing coach, you're probably thinking, well, Hey, that's not a runner on first to start the game, but yeah, you're also thinking too, like, this is Jalen Flores up here. 
Um, so yeah, there wasn't really much protesting and then he hit a, a hit a home run because of course that's, that's what we usually see in baseball. If you drop a pop-up in foul territory, the guy usually goes deep two pitches later, but, um, solo Homer, hard single walk. He did strike out once one of the few times I've ever seen him swing and miss. I think he tried to put another one over the fence and just barely missed it. But, uh, it's my third time to see him this season. And I've came away with the exact same feel every single time is that, I feel great about where we have him rated. Um, I think that he is firmly in the mix as a guy that, you know, if you start talking about position players behind Jet Williams in the state, he's up there. Um, I'm starting to think that he might be the guy that's that's the next position player down um, from Jet Williams. Um, he's just so smooth, so natural. Um, everything comes easy to him on the field, just got a great body language, great energy about him. Um, just a, a guy that just makes it kind of look effortless at times. So wanted to get one last look at him before their season wrapped up and, and just to kind of get some eyes when we go through the rankings process and things like that. But um, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with him come draft time, um, because I think that the state right now, lacks some guys that you can you can dream on mm -hmm. but he's one of them um you start yeah. to think about where the power could go um if you believe in the raw power maybe playing a little bit more in games you know i think he's such a talented hitter from a hand-eye standpoint making contact but he's also more of a top spin guy right now but mm -hmm. i think if you get him in the right development area you can kind of get that swing to where he's catching the ball out front and getting a little bit more backspin, a little bit more driving through the ball as opposed to top spinning it, maybe get into that power a little bit more, but um, looked really, really good. Feel, feel great about where we have him rated. I think he's firmly in the mix as that first position player behind Jet Williams. Um, and then sophomore Drew Saucedo for Brandeis. I'd seen them earlier this year. He was four, one down the line. When I saw him, uh, he was four, three on a turn. Um, made really hard contact twice, played second base for them. I think that he's going to be a guy that's on some D1 radars, um, standout guy as well. And then uh, shout out to Howard Payne. Um, I, I, MacArthur senior catcher, Freddie Matthews. I was watching him. I was like, man, this, this guy, you know, he, he's got some skill behind the plate, strong arm. He had a 1.90 pop time. He also caught a guy stealing with a 2.0 pop time. I'm thinking, man, is, is, you know, did somebody grab this guy and shout out to Howard Payne for locking him up because um, I think he's got a chance to develop into a, a solid catcher at the next level. Kind of got the ingredients there to uh, as, as the game reps improve and things like that uh, become a better player behind there, but really wanted to go down and get one more final look at Jalen Flores. So when it comes ranking times, I've got kind of some, a fresh look at him and he's just so consistent. I watch him and I think, you know what? I bet he's that guy every single game. Makes all the plays on defense. Makes it look effortless. The bat stands out a couple of bats. He gets on base. Um, and, and as we know, he's he's ran a little bit better this year as well. So uh, really impressed with him. Yeah, well, kind of segue into one of the games that I saw, or the game that I saw um, with who have, you know, we have Jalen rated fourth in our five to 55. I got to see the number four guy in the 2355, uh, TJ Pompey. And, you know, when we did the rankings, we viewed him as a shortstop and, and as an offensive guy. And, um, you know, I'm not so he, he pitched on Tuesday and like we've talked about before since then, I mean, this was my second time to see him this spring, but I'll tell you what, like, man, he, 
there's a there's a lot there on the mound too. Um, as a shortstop, they kind of remind me of each other. Just tall shortstops that yeah, you know, are just very fluid and make it look pretty easy. Low heartbeat guys. Um, just you know, it, everything looks easy, and there's just such a calming demeanor between both of them. Um, you know, TJ didn't look affected no matter what was going on. You know, if you, you watched him without watching the result of the play, like you would be hard pressed to figure out if he had just given up a home run or struck out the side. Um, and he did, you know, I, he uses that to his advantage. Um, I, you know, I, he just pounded the zone with fastballs all night long to both sides of the play. I bet you he threw more than 85 or 90% fastballs on the night. And, wow. you know, like we talk about, if you have a good arm and a good fastball like that, just, make them beat you before you start having to throw other stuff. And I, yeah. I talked to coach, uh, coach Howard from Coppell and said, Am, was I missing something? Like, I mean, it looked like he was throwing like hardly anything but fastballs. He said, yeah, I mean, we just keep it simple with him. And, you know, and until they prove that we need to throw something else, there's no reason to. Mm-hmm. Um, he did flash a couple plus sliders though. Um, you know, it's, it's, he has a good catcher uh, with Bradley Castile, um, but it's still, it's a pitch that's tough to handle just because it's so nasty. Um, and he led off for Coppell, walked a couple times. Um, I was impressed with Flower Mound starter Cole Carter also. I think he's been more of a bullpen guy for them this year, but he's a TCU commit in the 22 class. But big arm, 92 or 90-92 with a good breaking ball. I could see him being a big-time arm out of the pen for TCU. But he's very competitive. Um, his tempo, just the way he worked, um, you know, not really high effort, but I mean, it's, there's some effort. I mean, everyone's going to look like they have effort after watching yeah. TJ, but um, you know, there's some effort in there, to, but just the way he pitches, he just kind of stands out to me as being a potential reliever. Um, but just really, really exciting, really exciting arm. TCU is getting another one in that class that is going to have a chance to pitch pretty early. I think um, on the flower mound side, uh, good shortstop senior going to Frank Phillips, Chris Kelly, um, Texas Tech commit Aiden Cooney, who, you know, in the box score didn't have a great game at the plate, but you can just tell the way he carries himself that he's he's the leader of that team. Um, and I've heard nothing but good things from the coaching staff there on Aiden. He's just – you can tell just the way he carries himself. He He's a professional, um, you know, just seems like a great kid. And he, he actually won uh, some sort of academic award before the game too. But um, he's playing second base right now because he's – um, battling through the thoracic outlet stuff. I think he's going to have surgery for at the end of the season. Uh, but, for, you know, by all accounts, he's a very versatile player. Um, he plays outfield, shortstop, second base, uh, just a good baseball player and has a really good swing. I like the way he approaches his at-bats. And like I said, he didn't have a great game in the box score, but you can just tell a guy like him is a good player and knows what they're doing. Um, another guy that I really liked for uh, Flower Mound was sophomore Austin, or Austin Wallace's brother, Garrett. Um, Coach Wallace, his son, uh, played left field. He squared up um, squared up a, a single to right field that he smoked. I, I tweeted it out, but it was a it was a really good swing. And he walked, had a single, um, just battled in all of his at bats and didn't look overmatched and you know, talked to Coach Wallace after the game, and he said, you know, we, we've brought him along slowly, um, but he's really starting to play well as of late and has been big for their lineup, but can really run, um, plays for the uh, Louisiana Knights in the summer. 
So that's who, who he'll be with, but he can really hit really and really run. So he's going to be a definite D one guy for me. Um, but enjoyed watching him play. Good to see coach Wallace. You know, his son Austin was at Texas when I was so great family, really successful coach, great program. Obviously you can just tell by the way they do things. Um, moving back over to the Coppell side, um, they have a good team. Um, they're going to, you know, right now, I think they're tied with flower Mount Marcus. Both teams are 12 and one in district. Um, so there's a chance they can win the district Friday. Um, but you know, led by TJ Pompey, uh, Walker Polk, Landry fee, Tanner sever guys like that. And Andrew Schultz had was three for three with three RBIs. Um, had a double opposite field double down the line off Cole Carter in the uh, in his first at bat, another RBI single his second at bat, and then you know just one of those nights when things are going right, he flared a ball just right in between several fielders for his third hit, um, and then Will Boylan came in and got the save for Coppell. But that's a team that could could do some damage. They've got arms, they've got um, good defensive players, they've just got a up and down the lineup have good players. So they do, they play the game, right. Also, it was a good clean game to watch between both teams. Um, You can tell both teams are well coached and um, there wasn't a whole lot of extracurricular, which I always like, you know, it was, it was an intense um, competitive game. And, you know, you, you got to see some, um, some really good baseball and some teams that are going to have a chance because they have, you know, like they have those ingredients, like we talk about, you know, they have, good uh they're good up the middle and they're good on the mound um and that you know they they both have multiple pitchers that can carry them through a a three-game series and it's gonna be exciting to see what both teams do yeah yeah that that seems like it's one of the the stronger districts around um you know and we we know I, I feel like ever since I've ever known what Texas high school baseball is, Flower Mountain area is, yeah. is usually really, really strong. Yeah, but they've, yeah, they've I, won I, a state championship. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw your video of Pompeii. I mean, it's just, it's such a quick arm. Um, yeah. I'm always really partial to those middle infielders when they get on the mound because it always yeah. looks so athletic and loose and quick. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's like when we were doing the list, you know, I knew he pitched, but you didn't really hear it discussed that much. Um, you know, it was just kind of, yeah, it's, it's something he does. Uh, but I, I know that you've seen him a couple times and, and looking at some video, it's like, man, it's, it's, yeah. uh, there's a ton of upside there and there's a lot of strike throwing and, uh, that, that could be, well, you know, who and, knows and, what happens on the road, but that, that could, that could be the, uh, that could be the, the method to, to reach the highest level. Yeah. It, well, and I, I still think that slider he threw against Easton Carmichael, um, er, back, you know, early, early, early in this season, um, I mean, scrimmage was still the single best pitch I've seen this spring. Wow. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it was short, quick, late. I mean, it was just, I mean, it, Easton had a good swing on it, but it was just, it was nasty. Um, and that's what I can't get out of my mind on him. You know, I, I love the fact that he just attacked with fastballs, you know, cause I, like we talked about, you, you see a lot of these guys that have really good arms and really good stuff, you know, that like they're throwing, a lot of them throw breaking balls at a much higher rate than they need to, to be yeah. successful. Um, and especially at this level, um, you know, you just, you end up seeing it a lot, you know, I mean, it's, 
you know, it's good to flash your stuff, but, and a lot of these guys just haven't learned yet. You know, you don't need to throw your best breaking ball on a OO count. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to strike them out on an OO count. Um, but I know it was, it was kind of old school. Like, I mean, I just, he just came right at him and, and credit to flower mound. I mean, they put some good swings on it and like they battled and, you know, there were some balls that were fouled off and, you know, for a guy of TJ's caliber, he wasn't just racking up strikeouts. Um, you know, they weren't squaring it up very often. Um, but they weren't overmatched either. And, you know, that, so, I mean, just told you talks to the quality of play that between the two teams, um, this year and, you know, it was fun to watch. It was a good game. Good game. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I I went Tuesday, uh, local game Vista Ridge in uh, Round Rock Stony Point. Go see our guy Hank Howard, uh, that I know you're a fan of, and uh, Vista Ridge having a really strong season. Um, Howard ended up throwing six shutout innings. Um, I believe he had ten strikeouts, um, scattered some hits around, and uh, you, yeah, it, the whole the whole work future workhorse thing, I, I think, is dead on. I mean, he's big physical guy. Um, and you mentioned Pompey throwing strikes with a fastball. I mean, that's kind of how Howard is too. He comes at you. Yep. Um, you know, he'll, you know, Stony Point did a pretty good job earlier on in trying to ambush some fastballs and he started mixing curveball more earlier in counts and things like that, but he just comes after people and didn't walk anybody. Um, he's got some sync to it. Um, I like that. You could tell, and I was talking to coach Garber some after the game, you could tell he didn't have his best stuff. Um, but it seemed like, as he was getting out of the game, he was just starting to get going. He was up to 88 miles an hour in the sixth inning, so he was really holding his stuff. The breaking ball was still playing well. Guys just don't see his curveball very well. I think it's a combination of he's he's a bigger guy, and he kind of has that that low drive delivery, you know, like the back knee kind of did a Lance Lynn, Did a Lance Lynn – there's a Lance Lynn comp that I keep putting out there. Yeah, yeah. I sense. mean, if you think of who Lance Lynn is, big – kind of burly physical guy that's it's he comes at you with just mostly fastballs really challenges you he's a workhorse and yeah yeah it, it it makes sense I mean when I think of guys in the big leagues that um you know I, I know he's on the injured list right now but I mean you think of guys that throw a ton of innings and just go at people and challenge them with mm-hmm. fastballs and stuff I mean that's yeah that's 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 one of the first guys I think of but yeah it's it's so for some reason guys just don't see the curveball well um and he racked up a lot of swings and misses with that pitch. He showed the change up some. I uh, didn't really have to use it much. There weren't many lefties in that Stony Point lineup. Uh, it was around 78 miles an hour. Threw it for a strike once. I, I think it's something to where um, over time he'll probably work on it more and it'll be a usable pitch. But really the fastball curveball will be the calling card. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's put up huge numbers all year. And you can see why. You know, and, and Vista Ridge is going to be a playoff team. And that was a really, really tough district. Um, I, I just know that um, Coach Garver over there just was singing his praises about the kind of guy he, Hank Howard is and the competitor and things like that. He's going to be a D1 guy. You know, I think there are two guys in this area down here that kind of similar profiles, although Hank Howard's a bigger, more physical guy than O.J. Gonzalez is. But O.J. Gonzalez, like Travis, another guy that's, you know, mid to upper 80s, can sink it a little bit, comes at guys with, with a breaking ball that he can manipulate and just throws strikes. And it's unsurprisingly, those guys have put up huge numbers, uh, a lot of zeros all season long. So um, Hank Howard, definitely a guy to, to follow closely. I think D1s are definitely going to keep tabs on him. Um, and that team too, you know, they're a pretty young team, a lot of underclassmen. 
very physical team. Um, you can tell that they went in there with a plan about how to, you know, go about the strength and conditioning aspect of, of a baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got a guy, I probably messed his name up, Alex Bendelmeyer. I think I got that right. Uh, leads Bert. off for them from the right side. Bernder, You're leaving out the R. Okay, yeah, I forgot to write an R down in there. But um, I know he's kind of been dealing with a shoulder issue that's prevented him from playing defense because he's a standout football player as well. But um, he looks like a guy at the top of the lineup that, that's going to be on some D1 radars. Um, you know, Jake Wagner, the catcher, committed to Seattle University. Um, he's a junior. Uh, I can see why Seattle jumped on that one. Um, and then Jackson Harrell, who's a sophomore middle in, or excuse me, junior middle infielder. He's going to be their quarterback next year. Um, good looking kid, tall, athletic, um, kind of physical already good movements defensively took some really good swings from the right hand side. And then I had to do a double take when, you know, uh, coach kind of gave me the lineup and, and kind of was going down the list of this guy's this class, this guy's this class and got down to the bottom and there was a freshman. I'm thinking, okay. Um, but freshman starting shortstop, Ethan Sanders, uh, he's got a chance. Um, he's got a chance to be a really, really big time player. Um, took some of the best swings that I saw from the right side all game, um, athletic actions defensively. I think he's got a chance to stick on the dirt up the middle. Um, but I mean, it's a pretty loud statement that he's starting at, sh- at shortstop as a freshman on that team, because they've got a really, lot of really talented players, um, so that, that's a team that I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. I know Matthew Foley is another pitcher for them. I believe is going to Hill college that throws a lot of strikes. Um, uh, but yeah, they can run a little bit. They're physical. They got some athleticism. And then when you have a guy like Hank Howard, uh, which we know you get to the playoffs and if you've got guys that can throw quality strikes and get you deep into games and kind of set the tone for you, um, you can ride those guys a little way, but um, on the Stony Point side, one of the few guys to take some good swings against Howard was junior Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Laura. Um, hit the ball hard three separate times. Um, a guy that I've, I've kind of seen a little bit over the years. Um, he's got a little bit more physical. The power starting to show a little bit more, an uncommitted junior um, hitting in the middle of that Stony Point lineup. So he could be a guy that I think with a strong summer might, might grab the attention of some people. But uh, yeah, Hank Howard was, as you described, um, I mean, it just looks like a guy that, in the future, you could say, oh, yeah, you know, he he threw a ton of innings for this college program. You know, oh, he threw over 100 innings again this season. Um, I mean, he just has that kind of mentality, that kind of build um, and that kind of makeup as well. So uh, it was good going down to see Vista Ridge. And I think they've got a chance to, uh, to potentially make some noise in the playoffs, although they might get matched up with Westlake um, in the fir- in the first round, which that, that would be a heck of a matchup because we know what Westlake can do at the bats. Um, and, yeah. and seeing them against Hank Howard would be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, draft. Yeah, I've got my I've got my Steelers gear on. Where's your Where are your cow, Where's your Cowboys gear? Um, I, well, I, you're gonna pull off the shirt and show that big star tattoo on your back. <laughs> no, that does not exist. Um, <laughs> Prove it. No, no I'm just <laughs> I uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that to anybody, but. You know, I can only wear stuff so long inside in our house because if I if I sit on the couch long enough, I'm going to be covered in animal hair. <laughs> and so I just haven't made the switch to the cowboy stuff yet. I'll, I'll, I'll save that for after yeah. after bedtime. And so it's I, I'll be fascinated to see what happens tonight. I'm looking at Daniel Jeremiah's latest latest mock draft right now. I, I did um, my I did my final mock this morning on the uh, draft simulator. 
So are you going with Javon Walker, number one? No, no. Is that because you don't think that he's the best player or because you, you think that somebody else is going to go number one? Cause the, cause you got like, you get points for getting it right. Correct. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't do that. I just keep it for my own. You know, I do, I do some of like what I would do versus what I think would happen. Um, so this last one was a little bit more of like what I would do, but I still think they should go Aquano to start it off. Um, I just, they need to, they need to, they need to find ways to protect Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, they franchise Cam Robinson, but I don't think, I don't see him being there really long-term. Um, and Aquanu, I mean, he's a day one plug in and play starter. Um, you know, there's still some, there's still some question. I mean, obviously Trevon Walker's a freak, um, but I don't, you know, he, he's never produced much. And I know a lot of that was because of who was around them in Georgia's scheme, but, um, there's some question there. Um, he's a potential bust guy, uh, or not, not necessarily a bust guy, but not, necessarily like a lock to just give you what you should expect from first pick production i feel Um, like they're overthinking it if they go with him yeah i would say so and in my mind too i just love the possibility of aiden hutchinson going to the lions too that would be Um, pretty cool yeah just it 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 makes a lot of sense yeah it just fits yeah um and i I, that's kind of what i what i've landed on wanting to see happen there um let me see let me pull it up here I got it. I uh I I can't I can't get the game out of my head when Florida State played NC State. The things Jermaine yeah. Johnson did to Ekwanu, oh boy, it, it was. Well, I mean, the, the, it the was, thing it about was bad. It, like, I can see him being a right tackle. Um, yeah. and I mean, and you know, when Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl, um, he had two dominant tackles, mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna you know, try to find ways to run the ball just to, you know, again, to protect Hunter Lawrence or Trevor Lawrence, sorry, not, not the Texas punter <laughs> um, or, kicker, <laughs> or a kicker, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you on that. Um, uh, I, and I see like, I see um, with that third pick, I see the Texans going with Stingley. I just, I think that he's got so much upside. Um, and I think that's the route that they might go. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, I got Trayvon Walker at four to the Jets. Um, you know, he he fits that mold a lot better for like a lot of the San Francisco 49er guys that Sala had there. Um, I just think that they would have a better plan for him than than Jacksonville would. And I think Jacksonville has other needs too. Um, then I've got Evan Neal going to the Giants. Uh, six is a wild card. I, I, if they go Kenny Pickett, they all deserve to get fired. Um, and, but I, they, you know, cause it, it's not going to matter who they have at quarterback if they don't figure out their offensive line. Yeah. And with, with Neal and Aquanu off the board, I can see them going um, with Charles Cross. Mm-hmm. I have the Giants going back to Kayvon Thibodeau, which is, I mean, if you would have told somebody a couple months ago that they were getting Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau in the first round. Wow. Yeah. Like that's, that's a a haul. That's a a haul. And then I've got, 
I've got the Falcons going with Jermaine Johnson at eight. I've got the Seahawks going Malik Willis at nine, and I've got Sauce Gardner at ten to the Jets. I think um, that I think Carolina might trade out of six. I think they're trying to. Yeah, um, I mean they don't have another pick until like one thirty-seven or something. Yeah, crazy I like think that. The, I think and they need so much. They need but, a ton. Yeah, and don't they have a new yeah. GM there as well? Uh, Fitterer. Yeah, this is. I think it's his second draft. Though. Okay, I think. But I mean, this is a maker. I mean, rule rule is going to get fired this year if he doesn't show some improvement. So like that's such a it's such a bad position to be in. Um, to where, you know, like. You, to me, you have to have the GM and the coach being on the same page. Yeah. But if your G, if your coach is like knowing that he's going to get fired, your GM is new, and you have an aggressive owner, like that's just a bad combination. And you see, I mean, that's why the Jaguars keeping Trent Baalke, like whoever, like you'll see who's running Jacksonville based on their pick, because it sounds like if Trent Balk, if if the Jacksonville Jaguars go. Walker, then that means that Balky's in control. If they go Aquanu, that's who Doug Peterson wants, supposedly. But um, but yeah, so moving down to some other picks that are kind of interesting to some people here. I guess we have a we have some Houston listeners. So with 13, I have them taking Garrett Wilson. Um 20 Man, they'd have for to you. be thrilled with that, I think. Yeah, yeah. If I mean, you get you get Derek Stingley and Garrett Wilson, I mean that's a you got some weapons in. Yeah. Um, uh, then you got – I gave your Steelers Zion Johnson, which pains me because that's who I want the Cowboys to get. Um, but I just think that he fit – I just – I have a hard time with them pulling the trigger on a quarterback, even Man, though I – They're, they're going to do it. They're I know. Do I mean, it. if they take Desmond Ritter, that's a good move. I, I would like that for them. And I would like it that hopefully that would allow Zion Johnson to be – there for the Cowboys at 24. I think the Steelers, uh, but, it's it's Pickett Willis, and then uh, I'm not sure. I can't I can't get there. I can't get there on Pickett. I'm not I think I'm somebody's not. gonna trade up and take them. I'm with you. I can't I can't get so, all the way there, but the, my my train of thought on that is just I the more I listen to it, the more I've bought into this theory is that if you're in the AFC right now, you to win to to win, you're gonna have to go through uh Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Herbert, uh, D- uh, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. And do you feel good about Kenny Pickett and his upside ever being a guy that's yeah. going to be in that conversation? I don't. Um, and that's ultimately why I just like, I just don't, I wouldn't, I don't see it. You know, he, he's fine. Like he, I think he's probably the most, ready guy out of the group but there's it's limited upside yeah uh, and and like what do you you know I, I listen to a good podcast is like you know what are you doing if you have just a middling quarterback like you have no chance um but um then the cowboys i went with a&m uh interior lineman Kenyon green since zion was off the board um and then yeah those are the those are the ones that our listeners might like, um, but yeah, it was interesting. It, it is, it is interesting to see how like one pick can make dominoes fall in a completely different direction. Right. At Carolina, it's going to be what, what happens with, and maybe even a little bit before. Because... I think that, I think what the Texans do is going to dictate quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're kind of a wild card because they need everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, like with the Jets, if they stick at four and 10, you know, what they do at four is going to dictate a lot because, you know, like, so what, what it looks like, the tackles and the edges, there is like three or four of each. And then after that, there's a massive drop off. Mm -hmm. So like on the edge side, you've got uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Jermaine Johnson. And then, you know, some people like Carl Loftus, but then it, you're probably looking at the second round before you're interested again. Yeah. And then those first three tackles with the Quanu, um, Neil and cross, like they are, you know, that next tier is probably, probably Trevor pinning. And then after that, it's kind of a free fall for that next group again. Yeah. So those, somebody, you like know, you said, somebody's going to want one of those edge guys. I yeah. think that's where they trade up with Carolina and and grab one of those guys because I I just don't think I don't I mean unless they just move back a tiny bit if you're the Jets or the Giants I think you just sit where you are and you you take the well, best available player you better um, if you're gonna do that you better know um, you you have to you have to be in a spot to get Trevor Pitting if you're gonna get a I mean and he's a little bit developmental I mean they need a starting offensive lineman. Yeah. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because, I mean, they have playmakers, but quarterback, it's not going to matter if they can't keep them upright. So, uh, you know, they, they got it. They're going to have to be, they're in a, such a bad spot organizationally across mm -hmm. the board They're They, they have to get this right. Um, and they don't have the picks to do it. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. you know, like the options out there right now on the, on the other side are, you know, you've got, Baker, you've got um, Garoppolo, but apparently, like neither side wants the Baker deal to happen. Um, Man, so Lance Zerline's last one, I guess this is today. He had Hutchinson going sliding all the way down to fifth to the Giants. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't the see Lions the way that Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, um, um, I just I don't know. Like the the thing that's that pe people are underestimating what Hutchinson did athletically at the combine. Like, yeah. And he just, he just fits. I mean, he's from, I mean, he's, he's already at Michigan. He fits, he fits what you think you want in a Dan Campbell team, just kind of the blue collar, you know, like he's a, they're still in a foundation of building period. And, you know, obviously Thibodeau's ridiculously talented, but there are questions out there of what he you know, what he values is he love yeah. football and, you know, and that's not necessarily like a knock on him. Um, but like, I just can't see a guy like that being a Dan Campbell type pick, uh, especially when you have Aiden like, Hutchinson is everything Dan Campbell wants, like in life, yeah, exactly. you know, exactly. like, like that is, he's everything like that's like, I'm, I'm sure Dan Campbell, like, I mean, I'm sure yeah. he wakes up in the morning and wishes he was Aiden Hutchinson. Like I, that's, I know. that's, that's his guy. Right. Yeah. I I'm with you on that one. I just would be really surprised if he was sitting there at two and if, can you imagine if they pass on him and he goes somewhere else and it's just like, the, well, that's like, what they've done in the past. Yeah. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that you expect them to do in the past. I, I want to believe in the lions. They've got a, they've got a really good chance to really, um, they played, they were much better than their record last year. Um, they I were, they, and they've they, got they let's see, as an organization. They've got three picks in the top 34. So yeah. 
they've got a chance to really, really do some damage in this draft if they do it right. And yeah, and I who is Dan, who is Dan? Like he is a we got to win the trenches. We got to get the yeah. guys on on both sides of the ball down there that that can make some things happen. And I think I could, this I is, could see that I could see the Texans taking Thibodeau. I could see the Jets taking Thibodeau. Yes, but. I don't know. I yeah. So so Zerline's really plugged into Houston, and he's got Houston taking Stingley. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I that makes sense. That's where that's where I have them going to. Um, but yeah. And then if you're sitting there at the Jets, you've got your pick of, I mean, any offensive lineman you want. I mean, I, I mean, oof. I if if Trayvon Walker wasn't there, I would probably see them taking Evan Neal. Yeah. Um, you know, because he's played guard and tackle. Um, I'm just a big fan of those versatile tackles that can play guard and yeah, just having some flexibility on your line to do all kinds of stuff, you know, because it, you know, if you, you don't suit out everybody for a game and if someone goes down and you're in trouble, I mean, that can just wreck your entire game plan. Yeah. yeah. I think Atlanta has to take an edge guy. They have to. They're, they're they, but they, they, need, they need, they need everything, but like, yeah, where they where they pick in this draft, there's going to be one of those guys there. Um, Maybe I don't know. So there's been a lot of buzz of Jermaine Johnson like not being there at eight the last yeah. couple of days. I um, can see it. it. I'm. I mean, but, he was. And that'll be dictated. What happened? Phenomenal. Yeah, he's a he's a monster. I mean, the fact that he was on the Georgia defense the year before and couldn't, and couldn't play one. like he was basically a ro- rotation player. Yeah. That's that's why yeah. he went to Florida State. Um. Yeah, it's it's wild that yeah he was on that group. What do you think of you know we've only got a, a couple minutes left here, but um, I've seen some stuff about Jordan Davis, and I can't tell if it's scouting fatigue, but there's some people that's like yeah you put on the tape and he doesn't really move guys around like he should, but then I see everybody mocking him to Baltimore, and I'm like oh crap. As a Steelers yeah. fan, I don't like the idea of Baltimore zeroing in on a on a that's on a big body like that. He's going to be a guy that's going to be um, very, you know, he's one of those guys that's only going to have a few teams interested, and it's all it takes, like we know. But yeah, um, I, th- he's a guy that could be, you know, go as high as fourteen, I think, to Baltimore, mm-hmm. or I could see him he could getting into the second round. Yeah, he could slide. He's one of those guys. Um, yeah, I he, it's tough. He's a tough one because he doesn't really have the production that a guy of his size and testing traits show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and he was a lot better this year, but they took him way down in snaps from like mid 30s to like 20. He was playing 25 snaps a game this year for Georgia. Yeah. And like, I don't think too many people are crazy. The idea of a, a, like a guy that you take that high, only being able to give you that kind of snap count. I mean, right. I, you know, like it, he's, a, he's a tough one. Like another team that I've heard him in the mix with was Los Angeles, the chargers, but I think they, they'd be better off wait or taking Devonte Wyatt. Um, if he's still there too. I mean, I, Cause he, you know, that conference, that division is going to be like so pass heavy. Um, you know, Russell Wilson there now. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I could see it, but you know, he's a guy that he's going to, he has a big 
range of places that he that wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he went. Yeah. Um, You'll like Zerline's mock because he's got Zion Johnson going in the Cowboys. Um, uh, I will do backflips if that happens. Yeah. I'm, so that's I'm that's your that. guy. You're planting your flag for. I don't for think Zion he'll Johnson. be there. I don't think he'll be there. But if he is, I can't imagine them yeah. passing up on him. My my final Steelers prediction is I think they're going to take Malik Willis. I think that's who they're going to oh, take. Oh, if he's there, if he's there at twenty, like absolutely. Zerline's got them trading up a couple picks to get him. Not outrageous, but a couple. Um, I, but mean, I don't think they'll have to. If you start looking at these teams ahead of them, you know, Baltimore. I don't not know. Taking a one. Well, I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could take him, in my opinion. I mean, you could see, you could see Washington taking him. Uh, you could see Seattle taking him, Atlanta taking him, Carolina taking him. Um, I wouldn't do that if I were Carolina just because they have to win now if that's how they're going. But, um, I mean, I don't know that the Saints wouldn't take him, to be yeah. honest. Um, Chargers, no. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few teams. And, I mean, there's some teams that could try to just get up in front of them. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. The Titans, I feel like everybody says this every year. It's like, oh, it's going to be crazy. But – it does feel like this. Uh, this year, one's it's, this one's going to be different. Yeah, I think there's going to be what happens after. I bet there's one. <laughs> like, I, I mean, even one. Like, yeah, one's even not one. A, yeah, like, and I, I'm, I'm I can see that mostly on the Vegas lines. That it looks like it's going to well, be Trevon Walker, but the fact that next year's draft is supposed to be better, and the fact that so many teams have multiple first round picks this year, like, I bet you there's at least four trades in the yeah, first round. I can see that at least. And because, you know, I, I have a friend with the cart that works with the Cardinals and like, they don't, you know, I mean, he's not going to tell me what they're actually thinking, but you know, I, the, they don't know what to do, you know, like that's a weird spot for them. Uh, you know, in all my mocks, I, I just, I, that's a weird spot. I don't know, but anyways, enough yeah. draft thoughts. Your boy Bucky Brooks has Zion Johnson going on the Cowboys too. Um, so yeah, I need it. Well, I need that's it. your, that's your NFL draft fix from your local Texas high school baseball experts, <laughs> yeah. uh, putting on, putting on our NFL draft draft expert hat. Um, but there, like, it, there are things that always grab people's attention, um, rankings, lists, and mock drafts. Um, yeah. everybody loves a mock draft. Everybody loves talking about drafts, whatever it is. And, um, you know, I can't wait till the major league baseball draft rolls around. We're going to have some, some great coverage of, of that when it happens, but yeah, uh, I know everybody on here probably is an NFL person as well. So I'm sure you'll be tuning into the, to the NFL draft, um, that begins tonight with a way, way, way too long first round. Um, and then carries through over the weekend because that's what the NFL is good at. It's grabbing the television hours and the eyeballs, uh, for yeah. extended periods of time, but uh, we'll be out of games uh, again on Friday. Um, a lot of district races are, are going to be decided Friday. Um, I'm hoping everything cooperates. I'll be able to hit two really good games down in the, in the north part of the Houston area. Uh, if you haven't seen the great video that we got from the uh, was it, uh, Clear Creek game on Tuesday uh, with the guy stealing home to clinch a district title, I mean, it was incredible. Uh, great job by by our guy Nick down there getting that that footage and a really exciting uh, moment in that game and uh, feels like it, there's one of those at every game everybody's at 
um, right now as well. So get the five tool on Twitter, five tool.org. Check out all of our coverage, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even on TikTok. Follow us on Twitter at Dustin L. McComas, at Drew H. Bishop, and of course the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and we've got a podcast tab on the Five Tool website, and we publish these on YouTube as well if you want to see us, if you want to see me proudly rocking my Steelers gear um, in anticipation of them probably selecting Malik Willis tonight. So uh, that's Mm -hmm. it for us today. Um, Until we talk to you next time, have a good weekend. Take care.